Good morning to my good people of A to Z Sports. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Still. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As you can see, today's episode, we are going to be talking about who is potentially next, or as Goldberg will say, who's next to get extended. This happens often in Dallas. Uh, we kind of briefly touched on it yesterday, and it made me dive into it a little bit more, and I'm like, huh, something could be in the works. So we're going to decipher that. I'm going to work through it with you guys. Uh, we'll talk about the 2019 draft class and see if someone is worthy there. And then a potential undrafted guy to see who's worthy. And I'll give you my most important potential extension. Most important. Yes, sir. Yeah, for those who don't know who that random guy, bald guy is in the spear or uh, yeah, spear technique looking, crouching down, that is Bill Goldberg, WWE, as you guys know. I'm a WWF fan, and his famous line was, Who's next? So I thought that was fitting for today's show because somebody could potentially be next. That's how the Cowboys work. That's how they do it. Uh, let's get into the chat, though. Get you guys some shout-outs. Primetime Phil. Uh, he said, last time I liked Skywalker early, he turned to the dark side. <laughs> Tom Downey Burner account. Professor Owen, the building. Fresh fade, my lady. Uh, 22222 on a Tuesday. She, she couldn't wait to say that. Huh? She couldn't wait to say that. Uh, Austin Atwood over on... Facebook, Alpha Mason, Lauren Glenn, Primetime Phil, like I said, Miss Sheila, uh, Adam Mack, Charles Shepard, Jeremy Parker M, Domino T Mac, Oscar Sullivan, TC915, Sully, Junior Rios, Mel Hayes in the building, uh, I said Junior already, Captain America, uh, and CJ Richards. So, yeah, Oscar, that is Bill Goldberg, yes, University of Georgia alum. You know, I'd take any one of those Georgia guys. On this team, maybe Bill can go talk to some of them. Say, you know, do, do what you got to do to get drafted to Dallas. And I'm talking about any of them. I'm gonna be honest with you. I like all those Georgia guys. So uh, if you've never seen Goldberg, just Google them. Google them. Y'all know me. I always try to tie in either Marvel or, or wrestling or something into the Cowboys when we do our thing. So uh, if you're confused, just go search it, man. And Professor O, shout out to Professor O. He says, go dogs. He is a Georgia fan. They got the the dub. I was hoping, Professor O, you and um, who was it? Patrick Walker would get that trifecta going, right? The Braves won the World Series. The Dogs won the National Championship. <sighs> Cowboys were supposed to hold it down, man. They were supposed to hold it down. What's up, bro? Tariq uh, Wood. And who else just came up in the building? Will Anthony, Roderick, Tharps. Appreciate you guys jumping into the early morning show. And all those who are on the notification squad, if you're not, if you're not, you need to subscribe and you need to click that notification bell so that you guys uh, know when we are going live and when we uh, drop any videos, et cetera, et cetera. All right, with that said, guys, we'll jump into today's roundup. And then coming out of that, we'll go into the meat and potatoes of deciphering who may get extended. I have, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. A little biased on this one, a little, little bit biased, but I think for good reasons. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Welcome to my Gucci, it's about that 
This is the Morning Roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness. <laughs> A solution for your fitness goals. Check out any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. <laughs> Can I get to this super chat real quick before Tom said? You're silly, man. Super chat. Oh, he says, Sky, the last time Dallas won, Goldberg was in the WCW. Oh, that's, damn. Just aged me and everything. All right, listen, Cowboys lose a, I don't know if it's an important coach or not, but they did lose a coach, a special teams assistant coach to John Fossil. His name is Matt Daniels. Uh, he's been with John Fossil for, I believe, the last four or so years. Uh, this is per Michael Gelkin. Matt Daniels has been a trusted assistant for Cowboys special teams coordinator John Fossil the past four seasons, dating back to uh, their time together with the Rams. Bigger opportunities seemed a matter of time. Fossil said in December, hopefully he'll be a coordinator for us here in the future. Uh, the Vikings snatched up Matt Daniels, and he'll be their special teams coordinator. So... Looks like Fossil's going to be the lone man, I guess. It's not like anybody checked John Fossil anyway. And again, I'm okay with John Fossil. Sometimes he does some things, but I get it. That's who he is. Just like in 2020, I had to get used to going for it more because that's not what we were doing under Jason Garrett. I also had to get used to John Fossil being John Fossil. And I do think his presence here in Dallas has been a plus. The special teams units have both finished in the top half of the league, and I, I want to say top 10 over the last two seasons. Uh, blocked the most punts last year. Uh, I think we saw got a return touchdown this year. So, yeah, I'm good with John Foster, y'all. He can get on my nerves sometimes. He can piss me off. But I understand there's a, there's a method to his madness. So, uh, salute to Matt Daniels for getting the opportunity to be a coordinator in this league. That's usually where it starts. As you start to uh, move up in the coaching ranks. So, don't know who who will take his place. Maybe they should call my guy, Philip Tanner. PT, Philip Tanner, if you, for those who remember, the third string running back for the Cowboys, who I think his best game was against, uh, I want to say the Ravens that year. He was a special teams assistant under Jason Garrett for a few years. So, maybe they reach back out to him if he's into it. Interested in it. And then today, ladies and gentlemen, the franchise tag window is open. That's right. It's open, I believe, from today until March 8th. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's why I got y'all here. Uh, I think they have till that time to decide who to tag across the league. I mean, there's guys like Devontae Adams who will probably get tagged. Uh, some safeties out there. Jesse Bates from the Bengals, I think, will get tagged. Uh, in Dallas, though, I don't know yet. But the Cowboys have been down this road, right? They've been down this road with Dak. They've been down this road with Tank. 
and before those guys, they it was Anthony Spencer who was tagged twice, believe it or not. But this year, I don't think there is a guy. But if there was a guy, if there was a guy worthy or if there were players worthy, it's probably two or three guys. And you're talking about Randy Gregory and Dalton Schultz. Only problem is, for those who aren't familiar with the franchise tag, they pay you something like the top, what, 5 or 10% of the, of the uh, is it top 5? Five? 5 or 10% of the highest paid players in the league. So for tight ends, that franchise tag is $11 million. I, I, I can't see it. I just can't see that one. You know, and I'm thinking I'm operating under Catboy, right? I'm operating under Stephen Jones's mind frame. I can't see him doing that. Uh, and then for defensive ends, it's about $20 million, apparently, roughly around that $20 million. That, that's not happening. And remember with franchise tags, ladies and gentlemen, that counts all towards your cap that year. So unlike an extension, like if they wanted to sign Dalton Schultz to a four-year $60 million deal or whatever, right? They could technically lower that first-year cap hit all the way down to nothing, to pennies. So you can't do that uh, under the franchise tag. So I, I, I don't see a, a franchise tag-worthy player this year. And it's not because Schultz or Gregory aren't good. It's just that the money that it's going to take to allocate towards them under the circumstances right now, you, you still have tank right um the tight end free agent class is is loaded i think you can get a good tight end in draft around the mid rounds as well uh i i just really don't see it and then of course there is also the possibility of franchise tagging michael gallup which i wouldn't do that either i, I believe the wide receiver franchise tag is around 18 or so 18 million or so so i, I would say no I would say absolutely not on, on Michael Gallup. Hell, I'm talking about I'm good moving on if it's going to cost more than a team-friendly deal, period. So, hell no, I'm not trying to do an $18 million franchise tag. Uh, if they wanted to keep Michael Gallup around, they could have did that last year. Right? And what I mean is not, not, not franchise tag. I'm talking about they could have extended him. Right, we're getting into deciphering who gets extended. Michael Gallup was a candidate last year. The 2018 class was a candidate. And, again, we touched on this briefly yesterday with Tony Pollard, and we'll get back to him, and Terrence, and we'll get back to him as well. But that made me go into the lab after the, the show yesterday, and I said, well, let me dig a little bit deeper on this because we were just talking as we do here, right? Uh, we talked about the Cowboys likely making a mistake with the Dalton Schultz contract and, and, and Blake Jarwin. There's no doubt about it. They, they likely should have extended Blake Jarwin. I'm sorry, should have extended Dalton Schultz, not Blake Jarwin, but here we are. Uh, fortunately for Dallas, they're in a position where they can get a really good tight end, I think, in the open market and replace his production. I, I truly believe that. Uh, but I would have definitely loved to have Schultz on a Jarwin deal right now. Jarwin's deal is nothing. He's making like four, four, five million dollars a year. I could live with that. I can't live with $12 million for a guy who's going to be a byproduct of the offense, not a feature of the offense. Um, but Dallas usually, and I said this yesterday, and I was actually wrong, they usually sign guys to an extension early. 
they've done it in the past. And I, and I went all the way back to the, the Barry churches and the Colbeses, which I'll show this, this graphic in a minute. But when you dug deeper, they actually did that recently, too. They did that some odd years ago. And, and let me just bring up that graphic real quick. Um, this is actually the 2019 class, which we'll get to. But these are some of the notable players that were extended over the last decade or so. And yesterday we talked about Orlando Skandrick. He was a fifth round pick. Uh, he was extended early before. And, and remember, guys, an extension is not a player's contract running out and, and they're free agents and you sign. No, they're still under contract and the Cowboys got out in front of it. That, that's the extension part. Uh, Orlando Skandrick was one. Obviously, Tyron Smith. Cole Beasley was another one. They got him for a cheap deal. Barry Church was one of the more famous ones because they got him really cheap. And Barry said they had me, you know. He often talks about that deal. Uh, probably your your best starter that wasn't a high-end draft pick that was extended early. Uh, obviously, Lyle Collins, another one, which we'll get to. Uh, Zach Martin, Jalen Smith, and Ezekiel Elliott. Those are some of the guys that were extended early by the Cowboys for decent contracts or really big contracts. Now, the stars next to those players are either undrafted free agents or low-round draft picks. That's really where Dallas can hit it, and that's really where they have hit it. If you look at Skandrick's contract, never was a, was a big deal because they got out in front of it and didn't cost much. It was a fifth-round pick. Cole Beasley's contract was never a big deal. Barry Church's contract was never a big deal. Lyle's extension was never a big deal. And hell, I'd argue now his contract's not a big deal. His contract is easy. It's not It's not that high, and it's easy to get out of. So I think those were your, your, your best value ones. And then Tyron Smith is an all-time contract, period. All-time. He signed like a forever deal. He'll never be a top five paid tackle anymore under this current deal. Just a, just a phenomenal contract. But if you want to get on the downside of, of these extensions, you're talking about Jalen Smith and you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott. We understand the Jalen Smith one. He's gone. Uh, they tried to get out in front of that one. I, I, I thought that was a mistake. And some of these worked out. Some of these didn't. The Jalen Smith one did not work out. They were kind of on a good track record with these, and um, it didn't. Zeke is working out better than Jalen's, but that's going to come to a head next year. They're going to make a decision next year on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and if he has a similar season as he had this past year with banging, dealing with injuries, I don't think he'll be on the team because that's just how these guys operate. And, and, and at that running back position, uh, I don't think you're going to keep him around where you can get a fresher guy, a younger guy, uh, and, and keep rocking. We've seen that across the league. So keep an eye on Ezekiel Elliott's contract next year. But those two, you can kind of argue, I hate to say didn't work out with Zeke because – He's still a productively good player, uh, but you can kind of see his career on the downtrend injury-wise, right? On the downtrend injury-wise. Uh, Mel said, at the time, I thought Jalen's deal was a good thing. Shows uh, what I know. No, Mel, you ain't the only one, man. I think we all thought getting out in front of Jalen's deal um, would be good because we, we had high hopes for Jalen after the 2018 year. And it is hindsight. Right. We're not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat this thing. I'm not going to fake the funk at the time. I was excited about the potential of Jalen and LVE. And 
you know, that's just one of those things where it was wrong. Uh, if we're going to look at hindsight, maybe they should have waited one more year, you know, knowing that they were dealing with Jalen Smith's knee situation, drop foot, right? Like 2017 wasn't a great year for Jalen. It was a, hey, man, awesome. You, you're back out there playing football, and, and we think you can go somewhere. It was 2018 that said, whoa, is this the Jalen we're going to get? And I think the Joneses said, let's get out in front of this just in case. Hindsight says you should have waited one more year because in 2019, you kind of saw like a different Jalen Smith uh, and then the rest is history. So, uh, but I'm, but look at the track record though. Look at this track record. This is not a bad track record. And yesterday we had briefly talked about the 2017 class and the 2018. Those are the only two classes you could have potentially did an extension with. 2017, 2018. There really wasn't anybody in those classes. Now, technically, they did they did sign Jordan Lewis to a three-year deal after his deal ended. They could have jumped the gun on J. Lou, but they didn't, and they still got him for fairly cheap. Uh, but you're talking about Cheeto. They weren't comfortable with that. J. Lou, they didn't do it. Taco's not even here. Um I can't remember the rest of that draft class, but there really wasn't many uh, worthy. 2018, we just did a whole entire two, three weeks on the 2018 draft class. They could have jumped out in front of Schultz. That's the one. Uh, They could have jumped out in front of uh, Michael Gallup, but I think they didn't do that because they drafted C.D. Lamb. Now, there's this report, though, that came out that said Michael Gallup is a priority, but I wonder if that's because Michael Gallup got hurt. Because other than that, it makes no sense. Like, why would you make your third wide receiver a priority over a guy like J. Ron Curse, over a guy like Randy Gregory? So I'm not really buying the priority thing unless it's like, hey, he got hurt. And that's that's a flashing red sign for Stephen Jones. Hurt guy? ACL? Right side of 30. Got some talent. We can get him for cheap? Oh, yeah. Priority. That's the only way I can see it being a, a, a priority. Other than that, if Gallup is truly going to bet on himself and try to get upwards of 12 to 15 million or more, not happening in Dallas, not happening in Dallas. So 2017 didn't do it. 2018 class didn't do it. The next class that is eligible for extensions, Cowboys nation is a 2019 class. And that's, what we're going to get to here uh, in a second. Let me get into some of the chat, see what you guys have to say about some of these things here. Uh, what's up, the lunatic? Long time no see, brother. Hope all is well with you. He said, Jerry tried to be a stoop businessman during the Zeke holdout by extending Jalen early. That's the other thing, right? Like, politics probably played probably played a role in that Jalen Smith extension. Remember, Zeke was holding out at that time, if I'm not mistaken, y'all, right? Zeke was holding out, and I think they signed Lyle to his second contract, uh, third contract, really, at that time, too. So it's like, hey, look. That's where the whole pie thing came from. Well, you know, we, we signed Jalen Smith. We signed Lyle Collins. Piece of the pie, yada, yada, yada. And thinking that it would pressure Ezekiel Elliott to come in. Now, if you want to talk about, I see B. Burr said, I didn't like the Jalen deal. The one that made me say, man, this, this, this one cringe was the Ezekiel Elliott deal because you did not have to sign him two years prior. 
Jalen had one year left. Zeke had two at a run, at the running back position. You could have let that thing run. You don't want to come in? Cool. Well, do you like, you know, whatever. But that's the one that, that made me say, are they losing it? And we haven't seen one since, if I'm not mistaken. We haven't seen one since. Uh, maybe they're spooked. Maybe they're spooked. Uh, Steven says, come on, Zeke is washed. We all know what the potential debt money on his contract is the only thing keeping him in the fold. That could be, I mean, I, it's really hard to call him washed seeing what, what, what I saw the first six weeks. But I, I will agree. I don't think Zeke is a young, the young Zeke. And I think it's because of the toll that the running back position takes on you. And I do think you're probably right about the dead money, keeping him here. Uh, because they, they got rid of Dez. They got rid of DeMarcus. They got rid of uh, Jalen last year. So, it, you know, Zeke is probably more. Nah, I ain't going to say that. But Zeke could be part of that group if his dead money was a little bit less. So, so you could be right. But that's why I said watch out for it next year. Next year would be the one. Sully says the main problem is. They think everyone's going to take a hometown discount. They think that. And that's where Stephen Jones gets taken behind the shed and whooped because we I'll give him props for being cheap. I'll give him props for being frugal or whatever. But when it comes to actually getting these long term deals done, I, I can't really I can't really clap it up for him. Because he always gets got. Think about it. Demarcus Lawrence could have been signed prior. You franchise tagged him twice, which made his contract where it's at. Dak Prescott could have been signed earlier. You franchise tagged him. That whole situation. Now we're at where we're at with his contract. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you didn't have to do that. You could have waited. You know? So I think when I look at this list right here, prior to that Zeke deal, I was actually like, hey, man, Stephen Jones and these guys are getting out ahead of these contracts. And it's a smart, smart business, smart business. Uh, But now I think he's too far left when it comes to the cheapness, number one. And then I don't know that he knows what the hell he's doing when it comes to these these big deal contracts. I don't. Tyron Smith, I'll give him that one. Uh, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, I think were easy, right? Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, uh, who else was it? Travis Frederick. Those guys weren't going to really break your pockets like a defensive end would. Defensive end is, is now Tyron could have, but he signed so in 2014, I think it was, uh, a 10-year deal. So that, again, just one of those deals where you look at like the Herschel Walker trade. Like, you'll never see that again. You'll never see a Tyron Smith contract ever. The NFLPA probably was pissed Tyron made that deal. But you'll never see that again. So, let's take a, a look, a gander, at the 2019 draft class. Because that is the next one up. Those are the guys that have potential to um, be extended. And first up is Tristan Hill. <laughs> who, listen y'all, we... we we all know Tristan Hill's story here in Dallas. I'm going to just go ahead and say it because there's a lot of people that that, that really want to hold on to, to this, but it is what it is. If there's a such thing as a second-round bust, Tristan Hill's a second-round bust. I don't care what you want to call it. I don't want. I don't care if you want to say, oh, he was overdrafted or 
Oh, you know, Rob Merritt, whatever, man. Whatever. He's a second round bust. There's not a chance. And oh, by the way, because this is the question that's going to come out. Would you extend Tristan Hill? I would not. I let him play. I I let him play his contract out this year, but but there's no way I'm I'm re-signing this guy. Uh, and, and this again, maybe he'll go somewhere else and he'll flourish, but he ain't doing it here. I mean, the dude can barely play. Seven games his rookie year, five games in 2020, and six games in 2021. And I understand he tore his ACI. I get it, you know. And I'm not trying to be a hard ass on him, but at the end of the day, you've played 18 total games in three seasons, and you've never, ever, 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 ever been an impact player. In those 18 games. I'm not saying you haven't. Like like for instance. The, the Raiders game. Last year. Pretty solid game. Like, you know, showed some good stuff. But that's the thing with Tristan. He'll show something. And then you'll be like. Oh yeah that's right. Tristan Hill did play. Talking about a guy that has. Zero full sacks for his career. 17 total individual tackles. In three years. I mean I'm sorry man. I. I'm, I root for Tristan because maybe he was drafted too early. Maybe he was put in the doghouse early. But you went out and got Osa. You went out and you drafted Neville Gallimore in back-to-back years. That told me everything I needed to know about Tristan Hill. They're not sold on a kid. Super chat. Uh, shout out to B-Bird for the $5 donation. He says, Jerry signed Jalen to validate Jerry for picking him. That could be too. Notice that JJ has all the patience with players and coaches that he takes a gamble on. Ego. Yeah. They, that's why they call Well, we call them because they didn't say that in there. Jerry guys. Jalen was a Jerry guy, but but they kind of got rid of him pretty fast. So they, they realized their mistake and got rid of him. But Tristan Hill, I would say a second-round bust. I feel you, Mel. Second round bust on Tristan, not not re-signing him. Uh, then you got Connor McGovern drafted in the third round of that draft class. Ironically, here's the funny thing. Connor McGovern apparently was rated higher on their board than Tristan Hill. But Rod Marinelli was in love with Tristan Hill. And I didn't even get to the point about not taking a Taylor Rapp or a Juan Thornhill or any of Adderley, any of those other safeties that Dallas could have used. Uh, they took Tristan. But Connor McGovern was was rated higher than Tristan Hill, and they took him in the third round. Now, I wouldn't call Connor a bust at all. Uh, I, I would say that Connor McGovern has basically been about what a third rounder could be. And that's a role player early on that that can get some starts. And that's what he, he's had. I mean, he's he started 14 games in two seasons, believe it or not. And I don't think McGovern was particularly bad in either of those years. I, I think he's young, growing guard. I wouldn't say he was spectacular, um, but I think he was serviceable uh, with his warts. I, I, that's where I would put Connor McGovern, a serviceable utility backup with room to grow still. Remember, in 2019, he redshirted, so it counts, but it doesn't at the same time in regards to his statistics and things like that, but it counts on the book, so he is eligible for for an extension. 
So would you extend Connor McGovern? Now, I just praise Connor, but I would not. I would let this one run its course, see what happens after 2022, and uh, we'll revisit that. We'll revisit Connor. You know, I talked about this when we were talking about uh, Connor Williams. I said I wouldn't go out and sign a veteran guard because I feel like I have my swing guard or veteran, technically, swing guard in town. Like I don't need to go spend $5 million on a quality veteran guard when I have mine here in Connor McGovern. So um, he does provide some positive uh, play, I think, as a, as a role player. I don't know. I ain't ready for him to be the starter just yet. He can compete for it. Third, uh, third season start, potentially third season uh, starting, but he could compete for it. I'm just kind of want to go draft one, right? And he could be my backup guy. So I wouldn't extend him. That doesn't mean I don't like him. That just means I wouldn't extend him. What you guys got to say? Uh, Brandon says, I'm fine with keeping McGovern serviceable backups, I feel. Carson says, no extension. Austin says, cheap, yes. Uh, Iceberg, nah. Primetime says, not if we can get O-line in the draft. That's how I feel. Uh, B. Burr says, McGovern resign. Well, it will be an extension more than a resign. He's not free yet, so you're talking about extending him there. Uh, depends on the money, David. I would start giving him center reps. I think they were working him at center, right? I wonder what happened there. Will says, McGovern is extended on backup money, so... That's the thing, right? What are we? What kind of money are we talking about? We're talking about backup bread. We're talking about two million, you know, one one million, two million dollars. I could, I could potentially get behind that. I could potentially get behind that. Uh, but I would love to bring in young. This is why I wouldn't do it right now. Maybe in September, maybe in July, maybe in August, whatever. I would wait on Connor because if I go out and I get me a first round guard, well, there's my guy for the future. So. I'm not even looking at Connor to ever be potentially a start, right? And then what if I get out, get me a guy in the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, or uh, undrafted free agent guy, <coughs> excuse me, undrafted free agent guy or um, that comes in and pushes Connor McGovern for backup duties. I'm not tied to him then. And I don't think I've seen enough to be like, I want to give him a three, four year deal just, just, just yet. So I would wait. And if he looks way better than your your starting left guard or way better than your backup, you could potentially revisit that. So we'll put a pin on Connor McGovern. Tony Pollard, we went into detail on TP last week or yesterday. Went into extensive detail on Tony Pollard. <sighs> this one's low key is kind of tricky. Because y'all know how I feel about TP. I'm all for it. (laughs) I'm all for re-signing Tony Pollard or extending. I'm sorry. Let me make sure I use my words right. Extending Tony Pollard. The problem is where does he fall in that extension at running backs, right? And the other problem, maybe his biggest problem is that he plays a position that young bucks can come in and eat. Like I, I truly never really need to allocate any type of significant money to that position. That is not an exaggeration. Like you have your outliers and guys like 
I'll say Zeke. I mean, I'll go ahead and say Zeke. I'll say Derrick Henry. You know, even Dalvin Cook, you could be like, oh, man, listen, he gets, he gets injured a lot. But there, there's a there's a few outline. But but then you run into the Todd Gurley's. You run into the Le'Veon Bell's, right? The running backs that were the best backs in the league for two, three, four years, and then that's it. Usually that's how it rolls. I came up with the number. I said, Top backs are top backs for three years. The top back. Three years maximum, and then somebody leaps. So as much as I love TP, and I would love to get ahead of this thing, I wonder if the position he plays plays against him. That's why it's tricky to me. Because you could potentially be be sitting with an entirely new running back room in 2023. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott could be off this team. Tony Pollard because, well, obviously he's um, will be on his last year of a deal, and then, and then Ezekiel Elliott, he could be cut. So, <clears throat> tough one, tough one. I love I love TP, man. But, but I just think that the position, and, and then when you look at Stephen Jones, Catboy, will he? Really pay up, Willie? I don't know, man. And, yeah, JP saying you don't extend running backs. That's the thing, right? Stephen White, no TP is season. A level up from walk-on. You must be talking about somebody in the chat. Lawrence says, I love TP so much, man. But if I'm his homeboy, I'm telling him to leave Dallas. This man can't trust that Dallas will effectively use him. That's, that's a good point. The Cowboys have done TP a huge favor by keeping his legs fresh. Yeah, I mean, he he was always right under Zeke. I don't think he was ever going. Look at this for a second. Tony Pollard has a total of 317 rushes in three seasons. A total. Zeke gets 317 rushes in one year. So, yeah, he's definitely fresh. Uh, Primetime Phil says only keep him if you move from Zeke. But you still need another running back. Backs are a dime a dozen, but I'm not breaking the bank. So you all over the place with that primetime field. You're not moving on from Zeke. That's not happening this year. Next year is a possibility, but next year, uh, Tony Pollard will be a free agent. So you got to figure this thing out before the end of, of the year. And again, it's not it's not easy because of the position. And I don't want to be a hypocrite because I like Tony Pollard. I don't want to be a hypocrite and, and sit here and say, well, I would love to keep TP, but I... But then speak on the other side of my, my well, out of the other side of my mouth, talking about running backs coming into the league and being what they are, the Elijah Moores, uh, the Taylors in Indianapolis, and things like that. You can get a second, third, fourth round back, fifth round, sixth round back that can produce for you. If it was any position, I really focus on traits with it is that one. Here's another one. Danny says, any back can run through a hole. People forget Murray had 1,800 plus with Dallas. Uh, TP is the future, says David. He would thrive with Sean Payton. That is something right there. If Sean Payton really wants to come to Dallas, if Sean Payton is low-key like, yeah, I'm going to play the TV role right now, but I'm coming to Dallas. He could go to Jerry and say, I want that kid. He can be my Alvin Kamara. That changed the conversation completely. Man. Changes the conversation completely. And then finally, 
the fourth and last guy left from the 2019 draft class, by the way, cornerback Michael Jackson. That's not a typo. Defensive end Joe Jackson. It's not a typo. Running back Mike Weber and defensive end Jalen Jelks were also drafted in 2019. None of those guys are with the Cowboys anymore. So Donovan Wilson is the last guy, and he is the sixth-round pick from that draft class. Again, I'm a huge Donovan Wilson fan. But I also understand (laughs) he gifted us something this year. Right? He gifted us something this year. Wilson... I truly believe this, and I will stand on it. I think Dono could have been J. Ron Curse-esque in the way he was used if he was a healthy guy and not an injured guy. But because of his injuries, he gifted us J. Ron Curse. But don't sleep on him potentially still being an extension guy. Don't sleep on it. I get it that he, you know, he was hurt last year and things like that. But Dono got talent. He has talent. He's not some old dude either. And as it stands right now, he's your only safety left on the roster with experience. He's the last one. Malik Hooker, DeMonte KZ, J. Ron Kirster, all free agents. And Curse is the high-priority guy, and he should remain the high-priority guy, right? But even if you do sign him, remember, Dallas uses a big nickel a lot. They use heavy big nickel. They prioritize a third safety. Quinn was big on this in 2021. He talked about it a lot. And then you saw it in how they, uh, in their personnel uh, packages. And let's not get it twisted. Like, Donovan Wilson can make plays out there. His best season was 2020 when they, when they finally put him in the starting lineup uh, for Darian Thompson. And he was just an animal making plays all over the field. He was actually putting up statistics from the safety position we hadn't seen in, in a long time. And he was de facto safety number one coming into the 2021 season. And then he got hurt week one and the rest is history with J. Ron Curse. Now, could he have been a green dot guy? I don't know because I think J. Ron was more experienced. He's been on multiple teams. Um, he was a veteran a leader. I don't know that Donovan Wilson's a leader. I haven't seen that. So he wouldn't have been able to do that. But, I mean, 13 career starts over the last two years, 102 tackles, three and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, two picks, four pass breakups, most of that in 2020. But still, I've seen Donovan Wilson be a productive player. Um and I, I would look to try to get out front. This is the one. I'm iffy on TP because I understand the position, but he's one of the guys I would try to go after and get out in front of. Donovan Wilson. And here is a cap contract. I'm sorry, a contract projection. Shout out to my guy, uh, Professor O. A numbers guy. We, what do you call yourself again for, for the, the wire? What is your position? The scientist, the statistics scientist. And he really is a goddamn going scientist, hence Professor O. We came up with some numbers, man. We were looking at Jeff Heath. Probably like, what? People hated Jeff Heath, and then I get it. I wasn't a fan of Jeff Heath, the starter, but I was a fan of Jeff Heath, the third safety. Heath signed a four-year, $7.6 million extension in 2016 to stay with the Cowboys. Now, that is not a starter contract. 
It's really not. It, it, it's a third safety, huge role player guy that can be your starter when need be. Problem is, good old boy club down there continued to look at Jeff Heath as a starter, as our guy, and he kept rolling him out there and never really took the position serious. So Heath remained a starter for most of that contract, if not all of it, um, and the rest is history, history with Jeff Heath. I got nothing against the guy, but he was better to me as a role player. But his contract, four years, $7.6 million, would equate to now with the inflation, four years, about $10.4 million, and $3 million guaranteed roughly will be a contract projection for Dono. And you might say four years is a lie. Why, why would you allocate that much money? Well, when you look at it, four years, $10.4 million, it's really not a lot of money over that time period. You're talking about less than $3 million a year. For a position, mind you, that the Dallas Cowboys do not have a high success rate on hitting long term. And also, we know that they do not draft safeties. Right? They don't draft safeties high. Donovan Wilson was a six-round guy, and I think he's played above that uh, talent-wise. Now, he could very much be a, a hurt guy, right, for the rest of his career. That's very possible. By the way, y'all, uh, my bad. I forgot to put this number up here for those who don't know. 351-999-3787 if you want to give a call in and talk about potentially extending some of these guys. But Cowboys Nation, Donovan Wilson would be my second most important extension. Remember, extension is not a signing. A signing would, I'm sorry, a re-signing would be a Randy Gregory, Michael Gallup, LBE, Dorrance, those guys. An extension is a guy under contract right now that the Cowboys can get out in front of like they've done over the years. I would do it with Donovan Wilson. I would because I don't trust this team to draft. I love safeties. I don't trust them to draft a guy in the top three rounds. I could argue in the top five. The last time they drafted a guy above the fifth round was uh, J.J. Wilcox was a converted running back to safety. So I don't trust him. So get me, get me a guy that will stick around for the next four years that I can depend on to an extent. I get it, right? He, he gets hurt. But I can depend on this man to at least be a role player, at least be my third guy, and they usually have a veteran like that. We don't even know what's going to happen with J-Ron Curse. So I would get out in front of him. Would y'all, re, would y'all extend Donovan Wilson? You could argue it's tricky because he gets hurt, but I would. David said last year Wilson was a beast. Hell yeah. Austin says keep him. I'm good on Dono. I feel you, see. Like I I, I feel you, but I definitely will resign. Uh Will says Donovan Wilson can take the curse role if we can't bring curse back at a reasonable price. I told you, Will, I thought that he was I thought that he could have played just as well as Curse this year. And that's no knock on J Ron, bro. Like it's really not. J Ron's a really good dude, a really good player, uh, leader, things like that. But I've seen I've seen I've seen it. I've seen it from Donovan Wilson. So I think he could have been really good under Dan Quinn as the starter long term. Captain America says I have high hopes for Donovan Wilson. And Big Star says he gets injured too much for big money. That's why four year ten point four million is not big money. I, I can't see him going into free agency next year, especially if you bring back a curse and getting a big deal. So you got to look at these situations kind of strategically a little bit dirty it's a little bit dirty Barry Church talked about it right like 
They came to him when he tore his, his Achilles because they knew they could get him for cheap, right? Dallas can go to guys like a Donovan Wilson and say, hey, dog, listen, you can hit the open market after 2021, but you might not get nothing more than, a, you know, $1 million or what have you because your resume doesn't show that you are going to get starter money. Or you can take this four-year deal. You got long-term security, and you're going to be you're going to get your ten million dollars. You're a six-round pick. You'll be making more money than you ever made, and you have the potential to start here. To a potential to elevate your resume. And if you do want to hit free agency after three or four years, somebody can come get you. Dallas Young, what's up, man? He says I'd extend Dino for a good price. Four years, $10.4 million. Would you do that? I think I would. Mel says, J-Ron's value goes beyond his play. That green dot. That's the thing. I wonder if Dallas is going to be negotiating against themselves with, with J-Ron Curse. Curse's numbers to everyone else in regards to contract might not be crazy. He might be middling safety numbers, which isn't a, if you look at the, the bottom or sorry, the after the top 10, it's not a lot of money at safety, but he could be looking in that 10 to 12 range. But because Dallas uses him the way they use him, he can say, yeah, they're going to offer me this, but I want this from y'all because I do more here. Uh, Primetime said, if a team came to me like that, I would walk. Like, oh, you mean like, uh, well, they're not going to come to, <laughs> they're not going to say that to them. Like, they're not, we're not talking literally. They're not going to come to Dino and say, you're only going to get $1 million out of it. They, they, they wouldn't do that. They got to shirt. They got to, you know, buff them up and make them feel good and things like that. But in the back of their head, they're like, dog, you ain't really going to go out there and get big money. But they can go to them and say, hey, here's your long-term security. Four years. You're, you know, this is the most money you, you would have made. No, you would ha- you have made. Here's your signing bonus, which is, what, $3 million? We'd love to have you back. And then as soon as he signs in and go, he wasn't going to get more than $2 million out there on the market. You know what I mean? That's what you do. You, you don't you don't make the dudes down. We're just talking right now, bro. But here's my number one most important free agent extension. And we briefly talked about this yesterday, but we're going to go into detail, detail, with one Terrence Steele. We brought Terrence up yesterday, and as I was talking, man, the, the things were just firing off in my head. I'm like, wait, I, I don't think I'm giving this enough attention, to myself at least. So I'm going to bring it to y'all's attention even more. Terrence Steele should be your top priority extension. And let me tell you why. He's a restricted free agent after this year. So technically you don't have to do it. But this is why you should. We've seen Terrence Steele's only 24 years old, undrafted free agent out of Texas Tech, come in and play right away and looked bad. Now he improved at the end of the year. That's fact. We saw him improve, but he still was not really a good tackle. And we came into 2021 thinking there's no way I'm counting on this man. But then I heard, I think it was Nick Eatman, sometime in the offseason said, there are folks in this building 
that believe Terrence Steele can develop into a starting right tackle. And that made me say, well, let me pause because Nick's down there. It's my third cousin. Does he, he really? Really? Okay, let's see. Preseason coming around. I'm like, ah, oh, he got a long way to go. <laughs> let's go ahead and make him the fourth tackle, the third tackle, and continue to develop this guy. But he was thrust into the starting role immediately, and he looked night and day from preseason. He played himself, into my opinion, a potential starting role at right tackle. Then he was moved to left tackle. Struggled a little bit, but got better at left tackle. And that equals 27 games as a starter in his first two seasons. He's 24 years old, undrafted out of Texas Tech, and he started 27 games in two seasons. That type of experience, you can't just replicate. An experience at that age. Okay? And then, not only does he have that experience, but he played so much better in his second year. So why would you go out and extend him right now? Well, because if you extend him, that extension actually falls in line with Tyron Smith's contract and Lyle's contracts if they decide to move on from either one or if Tyron decides to retire after this year. Last, last Yesterday, I mean, I briefly talked about what you don't want to do if Tyron retires or you cut him or if Lyell was not reliable, is you, and then Terrence Steele's a free agent, you don't want to go into that offseason, your back's against the wall. You wouldn't have to do that if you extend Terrence Steele. You have a potential right or left tackle. You can argue which one. I mean, obviously, we know he's been a better right tackle, but again, I saw improvement at left as well. Uh, maybe it's a conversation later, but um, Terrence Steele could definitely settle in that right tackle. And if you look at the extension. This is our contract projection. Two years, $9 million extension, $4.5 million uh, average per year. That's that's nothing. Now, Stephen White said five years, $40 million. No, 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 no. That's bad business. You, you don't need to do that right now. You don't need to do that right now because he's a restricted free agent. So he doesn't need to get extended at all. But what you can go to him and say is, hey, listen, we love where you're at. We would like to keep you here a little bit longer and, and hopefully mold you in, not even mold you in, but prep you to become our guy, right? He's making, what, less than a million dollars this year? And he's a restricted free agent next year. So technically, he won't see unrestricted free agency until 2025, 24. So he's got two years left. If they decide to use a restricted free agency tag. Or he can do what Lyle Collins did. Lyle signed a two-year, $15.4 million deal with $9.5 million guaranteed. Now, Lyle, and mind you, Lyle started 14 games his first two years. He got hurt in that second season. Still started 27. And I'm just talking about a $9 million extension. This could be even more. This could be upwards of... 2 and 12 or what have you, which again, I still would do. But Terrence gives you so much protection behind two guys that you could argue are unreliable. Tyron Smith, going to be a hurt guy. We have no idea with Lyle, man. Lyle might roll out of bed and decide to do something stupid, and now he's suspended. Or he might just say, man, I don't feel like working out. And then listen, I ain't trying to disrespect him, but that's kind of been his MO over the last four years. So Terrence, to me, becomes extremely important 
because you don't want to be stuck at the tackle position in a league that is deprived of consistent offensive line play across the league. Terrence still gives you that. So I would get, get out in front of the cheap one. Now tell Terrence, Hey, listen, there's no guarantees. You're going to even start obviously over these next two years, but we know at some point you're going to get in there. But by the time your contract runs out, you'll add more games to your resume and then you'll be in line for a bigger deal. So if I'm if I'm Terrence, I'd definitely be looking for this. If I'm Dallas, I should say, I definitely would be coming to Terrence still and trying to get out in front of that contract. Definitely. Oh, my bad job. This is what I wanted to show y'all was Terrence still. Um, still been getting better and better, says Dallas Young. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. Line is everything, Sky. We know, we know, so get him cheaper and timing. Yeah, I think this would be great time to extend him. You have him for, for three more seasons under extremely cheap deal. Under an extremely cheap deal. And again, it falls in line with if Tyron decides to call it quits after this season. Falls in line if, if Lyle Collins, you don't, you know, you're ready to move on from Lyle. So, absolutely. So, would you guys extend Terrence Still, I think I've seen most of you guys say yes. Tom says Terrence Still, RT2, tight end one. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Restructure Zach and Dak says Cooper. R says Kevin. Ronnie says. Cowboy fans often, too often, not, not not fans. This is actually the the front office does this, but or too often gas up players who have been who have had an above average season. Are we talking about Terrence Steele here, here, Ronnie Everett? Because if we're talking about Terrence Steele, my man, if he's an above average right tackle, you pay that. <laughs> We're talking about the offensive line in the NFL. You pay you for two years, $10 million. Yeah. You pay an above average tackle that money. 100%. Got Titan fans up in the building. Salute to y'all. Uh, T-Max says, Brandon. Okay. Let me see what y'all talk about in here. Okay, so some more, Ronnie. The Cowboys have to scheme to help steal. He looked pretty good next to Zach, but was terrible next to Connor. What? Listen, yes, there was. Does that look like help right there, brother? <laughs> I'm sitting here showing. This is just two games. T- Terrence got help early. Like, I get it. But but let's not act like my man was just literally getting bodies in the line shifted towards him all year. That's not the case, man. Terrence still proved himself. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say, hey, man, you developed. You got better the more you played. You've earned my respect. Did they help him sometimes? Yeah, sure, sure. But to pretend that they just schemed up everything to help Terrence still, and he was getting all these chip blocks. and I'm showing you games against him going up against Daniil Hunter one-on-one. That's Daniil Hunter. That's not some lightweight. 
So Terrence still earned his measure, in my opinion. A two-year, $10 million extension, that's easy money, brother. Easy money. Shout out to my guy, Vach, in the building. What are we talking about, Vach? He says, I don't think Still's agent takes that deal. Cam, Cam Irvin makes 12. He don't make 12 a year in Carolina, brother. You're exaggerating on that one. He got a two-year, I believe, $12 million deal. Make sure I got that right. Yeah, he signed. Not even that. This is a Cam Irvin's deal. Now, if y'all get upset about this type of deal for Terrence Still, I don't know what to tell you. He signed two years, $10 million with $8 million guaranteed. Come on, y'all. You mean to tell me you wouldn't love to have Terrence Still as your utility tackle potential starter for two years, $5 million per? That ain't nothing in today's game. That ain't nothing, especially when we understand how bad offensive line play is across this league. Ronnie said, I'm showing highlights, brother. I, listen, bro, I can, I can literally pull all the all 22 for you. And I deliberately trust me, me and Vach have done this and go through the Terrence Steele stuff. Does, did he have games where he was, where he got beat? Yeah. So did Lyle. So did Zach. So did all these guys. But Terrence still developed into a a guy that I can rely on. That's the point I'm trying to make. I'm not calling him a pro bowler. I'm not calling him one of the best right tackles. What I'm calling Terrence still is, is a guy I'm cool with giving. A two-year extension to for $10 million. A guy with 27 starts to his resume. A 24-year-old who I don't need to thrust to be a starter right now, but continue to develop. We saw a guy go from that year one jump to year two. Can you imagine what he could do in year three and four? I don't think this is that that hard. I'm, I'm a little bit shocked that he's getting a bit, a bit of a pushback for something that minuscule. Cam Irvin's making two, $10 million a year. I'm sorry, not $10 million. $10 million over two years. We shaking in our boots for that kind of contract for, for Terrence? I don't know, man. And I'm not trying, listen, y'all know me. I'm all for Lyle Collins being the guy. I'm all for that. But I also came to the conclusion, yeah, Steele's reliable, bro. If Steele beats out Lyle, I'm fine. I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen him be able to be reliable at that position. Period. So, I, you know, this ain't no just fly-by-night type thing, man. I was all for Lyle being the guy and still for Lyle being the guy. But if he's not going to move to left guard, then that needs to be a legit competition. And may the best man win. If Lyle wins, great. Now you have a, a, a wonderful swing tackle in Terrence Steele. Wonderful. That has 27 career starts. And looked good doing it in 2021. Bailey says, I want smarter contracts on field incentives, please. I think that's a smart one. I think that's a smart one. I just don't think he can block a Bosa, a Watts guy, Lyle can. <laughs> you know, that's funny that you say that because he actually did. Um, now, that was a game he did get help and they schemed it, and obviously they should, right? First start of the year going up against Joey Bosa. But there are a lot of good reps of him handling Bosa too. Now, there's reps of him losing. There's reps of that. But there's reps of him 
dealing with Bosa. There's reps of him dealing with the cat from the Patriots and, and other quality. And the Panthers had some rushers come at him. There, there, there's there's good tape. There's a lot of good tape on Terrence Steele. I didn't think this would be that that crazy of a thing to say. I did. Uh, we got Nacho on the horn. Eight three one. What's up, Nacho? Hey, my man. How you doing? How you been? I'm good, brother. How are you? Yeah, thank you for, uh, you know, off-season is obviously officially has been underway, and you've been just kind of keeping afloat, you know, with all the information and things we're listening to and hearing and, you know, what what kind of off-season moves, you know, are up and coming, big decisions, you know, on our big, on our big star players and, you know, the salary cap and movement. Uh, you know, I tell you what, I – you know, I'm with you on this, uh, uh, you know, Terrence Smith. You know, well, when Terrence you have Steele. a young player who – Yeah, oh, Terrence Steele, I'm sorry. Yeah. When you have a young player like him that is a developmental player, a kid that came in and within a year, you know, kind of really got it together, got in the weight room, you know, and, and just looked a lot more stronger, you know, this year. And uh, it really did a very solid job. I mean, I – I completely felt comfortable if we would have left him there at right tackle. I mean, you know, I, you know, the guy, the guy is a very, you know, uh, uh, solid, you know, guy that can go in there and do his job. And, yeah. Um, you know, and you know, and uh, let me tell you, you something, Nacho. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I, I bet you, the Bengals would have loved to have Terrence Steele on the offensive line. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I'm mean, just saying, you know, yeah. you know, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, I heard, uh, I heard Brian brought us, you know, and I tell you what, I loved it. I, you know, I, I remember when, when, um, you know, when Lyle Collins came in, and you know, he was that he was playing that left guard position. Man, he was a mauler. Um, and <clears> if, <throat> if you know, if I think brought us kind of brought up the idea of like, hey, why don't we move Lael left guard, you know, and then kind of, you know, kind of solidify the line and kind of get your best five out there. And Terrence out at right tackle. That's okay. So let's just say if we did something like that. But see, kind of- I got to stop you right, right, right there because we can have the conversation of Lael to guard, but I always say if because it's so early right now, and. They will sure. have to make that decision. If they're going to do it, they got to make the decision now. Hey, Lyle, you're playing guard. That's that. Because then what that will do is most likely nine times out of ten eliminate the guard position early in the draft. But the reason why I'm, I don't want to eliminate it, man, because there's a, if you get a Kenyon Green or a Zion Johnson in the first round, there is no moving Lyle Collins to guard. I'm not doing it. You know, I, because Zion and, and Kenyon Green are plug and play right now. Young guys, cheap contracts. Let's go. And then you have Steele and you have Collins um, compete for that right tackle spot. But it it's it's really early and difficult to go ahead and project that just yet because of the draft. The draft has to happen first. Absolutely, you know, and uh, uh, and you know, and you know, you know, at this point, you know, you're listening to the early, you know, early names or you know, the early potential draft players that could be available at 24 or a potential 
trade up, if we're, you know, whatever's going to happen with Cooper and, and you know, Lawrence and so forth. Uh, I'm really, I tell you what, I'm, I'm really hoping that um, I think the way we ended the season, um, as you guys were alluding to and you were talking about the other day, yesterday as well, you know, it, it, it's going to really come down to, you know, Dallas just being very smart in terms of, I think, I think from McCarthy all the way down to Kellen Moore, you know, to Steven and, and, and everybody and the, and, the, and the players, you know, I'm a big Dak and Seek fan. When these guys came on as rookies in 2016, they just had this swagger and this confidence and this, this, this alpha dog mentality. And obviously we've lost some of that, you know, that, you know, that, 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 that fight, you know, in us. And uh, I'm hoping that I think everybody's on, on eggshells, you know, this upcoming season. And obviously it thinks Ain't we're going to go through. Who, who, through when you say everybody, you know, who, who you mean? You know, I, I, I kind of feel like. Uh, you talking about the fans you know, or are you talking about the front office? What are you talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about Coach McCarthy. Talking about Kellen Moore. Are you talking about the coaches? Dak Prescott. Talking about Zeke. I mean, I'm just talking about all these players that, uh, you know, like the star players that need to kind of, you know, show up, you know, when the game is on the line, you know, especially in the playoffs and and, and this coaching. Why are they that, on eggshells? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get at when you said the eggshell situation, because well, nobody you know, should be on eggshells. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell you what, uh, Sky, I. I you know, when we hired Mike McCarthy, myself as a fan, I gave him a two-year window. Either you're going to show me something immediately right away or you're not going to show me something. And the first year of, of McCarthy was a pandemic year. I get it, all that. But all the teams went through the same thing. And then the second year, we win 12 games, which is solid. But we were so unprepared. So uh, undisciplined right. and so inconsistent with the with the game plan, the preparation, sure. and that is concerning. That is concerning to me. You know what I'm saying? Feel me? No, I feel you, man. Uh, so I don't know. I, I I just kind of feel like this year. I think the fan base. I'd, I'd like to think that, that most of the fan base, and I'll speak for myself. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going to be pumped up and excited as I as I am every year. I'm a very passionate fan. But I'm not going to think whatever happens, whether we win the division or we don't, as long as we get into the playoffs, whether we're the number one seed or the last seed as a wild card, at the end of the day, what it's going to come down to for Dallas, what are you going to do in the playoffs? Sure. That's a long way to That's go, man. We, we, we're, in, we're in February of 2022, man. We ain't, we ain't talking about playoffs right now. We we got a long, long way to go. The Cowboys haven't made back to back playoff appearances you know I mean? since oh six, oh seven. So uh we we gonna try to stay in the now right now, brother. But appreciate you, Nacho. Let me get to the next caller, brother. Yeah. Thank, thank you, thank you. Have a good day, my man. Have All right, man. Day. Uh Freight Train, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? How are you, man? Long time no speak. It's, it's freight train, yes, sir. I've been I've been listening here or there, man. But what the guy just called, what I would do, I'm gonna I would already announce uh, Terrence Steele as my right tackle, and uh, 
playing uh, Lyle Collins as my left guard and still shop him, regardless. So if it if the draft hits, let the let the chips fall where they may. My backup plan would actually be uh, Terrence Collins. I mean, I mean, uh, 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 Collins. But I was still, if if Kenyon Green is there, I'm I'm getting him anyway, and I'm shopping him. I'm shopping. Uh, I would shop Collins. Uh, Collins, and I would shop Connor Williams. Well, time, time out, freight train. Connor Williams is Connor Williams is is free agent, so you ain't there's no Connor Williams right now. But but if if oh, you, okay. I'm well, just let's I'm, let's play your scenario. Wait. Let's go ahead. Let's play your scenario. Uh, you got yes, you got you got Green, who I think is a phenomenal player, can play tackle guard, right? And you got Lyell, and you got you got Steele. You want to you want to just trade Lyell, or are you trading him because maybe he's not happy or whatever? Because I'm not trading good linemen. Well, the key is what's in your heart. So when he pulled that move last year by coming in overweight, when we when we really needed some help, then why then, pull that of, then why announce him as your starting guard? Why not just get because rid of him? That that was Jerry. That was Jerry. Uh, Joe Phil, man, he already had his. He already trusted. Uh, Still, he put him out there and say, "Man, hey, this dude is performing." But Jerry, he didn't want to have no nine million dollars sitting on the bench. My thing is, it's a privilege to get on the field and not a right. Sure, yeah, and absolutely. I personally, personally, I would have, I would have kicked, I would have uh, left Steel at at the right tackle position because we was mauling. Look what we was doing see, from game two on. See, and, see, and listen, no, I, no, I, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We was no, he he was sitting up there. He did his part. I told people, uh, you got to go back and watch the film. A lot of people weren't watching the film. I'm looking at this dude. He's sitting up there handling business. <laughs> I personally would have, I would have had Collins go over the left guard or, the, or play left tackle, make him sink or swim. Yeah. Because see, personally, I'm making him left guard anyway. I'd, I'd have had him in at left guard. And like I say, right now they're trying to throw uh, Joe Philbin up under the daggone bus, and he, and he, he's done his part. Yeah, but this ain't on. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Man. I'm with you 100. There yeah, we go. Man. Let's get to the point. Let's get to the real yeah. root cause, and, and that's one of them. The scheme, the play calling, whatever. That's one of them of why this run game and offensive line started to derail. But this, I have to say this, and this ain't just you, freight train. I think it's really mm-hmm. easy to say, Terrence Steele was our right tackle. We were great. Terrence Steele wasn't our right tackle. We weren't. That is so easy. And I'm not saying I ain't calling you lazy or anything like that, but there's so many other variables real quick, freight train, that came with the demise of the running game and the offensive line. And we got to stop just acting like it was because the right tackle, because your right tackle was mauling people too. I got taped to show you that Lyle Collins was moving human beings, as my guy Vach would say, in the run game. So your right tackle wasn't the problem. The problem was your left tackle got hurt, your left guard situation in and out, your number one running back kept banged up his knee, and your offensive coordinator refused to give the other guy the ball, and then your play calling completely changed. I mean, this is no joke. Go watch the first six weeks of the season. There are plays in the run game. They refuse to continue to run later on. So I'm. this is my final piece on the whole situation. There's so many more variables that come to why the running game and the offensive line fell down the, down the stretch, and it ain't because you're right tackle. I digress. I personally, I, I understand, but I'm gonna do the. I'm, I'm, I normally don't do this, but I'm gonna do the Dollar Tree uh, Stephen thing. Is you got this man for six hundred eighty thousand dollars? 
Terrence Steele. You... <laughs> hey, I'm gonna look at the two, but personally, uh, everybody's talking about who who needs this. Who, man, I'm I'm personally I'm making Tony Pollard a slot receiver. I'm sorry, I need him on the field. What did you watch the show yesterday? <laughs> Go, run the show I, back. I know, I yeah, run the show back yesterday. We talked about him playing like a Debo role where he plays some receiver and Hands running back. Down, yeah. 60 to 70 percent of the time, this dude could be on the field. And then you can still that that right there opens up so much. That's going to open up everything because they playing two high safeties, all this other stuff. When we when they begging us to run, man, see, you put him on the field. You don't know what he's man. I, I I personally wish we'd do that. I will go back and watch that. That go back and watch what you said. But I, I, out, I told bro. a couple of partners at the barber. I told a couple of partners at the barbershop, man. I said, look, man, because you know I'm a Debo guy. I'm at University of South Carolina, South man. Carolina, you know, that's yeah. where I graduated from. And and I, I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, Tony Pollard can be. It is our Debo. They talking about well, who can we get in the draft? Man, we got these jokers already on the team. Facts. But we got but we got Kellen no more. Kellen no more. No, you're right, man. You, you you got you got phenomenal playmakers that that it, it, the game plan wasn't schemed to them. It was just this is the scheme, and that's a mistake in the playoffs. Because if you go look at um, a lot of the playoff teams that were in the Final Four, Bengals, uh, Rams, Niners, Chiefs, they weren't out there just scheming. They were like Tyreek Hill, uh, Kelsey, you getting a rock. Chase, you getting a rock. Mixon, you getting a rock. Uh, Kittle, Debo, you getting a rock. Cup, you getting a rock. Odell, you getting a rock. There wasn't no, we're going to take what the defense gives us. There wasn't none Players that. over team. Good good <laughs> players over the scheme. I mean, you, you, I mean, we all play pop one football, this and that. You knew that one dude out there on the field, and the coach gonna say he gonna just he, he gonna keep he gonna keep giving him the ball until uh, y'all can stop him. Listen, man, I, I played against a couple of them dudes, bro. I'd be like, it's annoying as hell. They got forty carries in the game. Stop giving this big old fourteen year old playing a thirteen year old league the damn ball. Yeah, we've been there, and nothing changes. We make the game more difficult than it needs to be. He ain't 14, he's 26 with two kids and got a mortgage. Y'all, thank you, 14. But I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to go back and watch it. But my thing is, we have the pieces. My thing is, I'm going to do a partial all-in like what the Rams just did. It is what it is. And if you want to blow it up after this year, fine. Yeah. Let's go make a run. Yeah. See, that run, it's, it's, it'll take us two or three years. Like the Rams right now, people laugh at what they did. They can ride this for the next several years and be like, hey, it is what it is. Because, see, the phone and balling. Open baseball, they used to do it all the time. Go win a national, go, go win a World Series, then they blow it up. Go win a World Series, then they go blow it up. But yeah. you know we good, man. But my thing is, everybody stay focused and just and go do your own film study. We got this. They know what's gonna come. They know what's coming. Yeah. Trust me, the league know what's coming. And the best thing to happen for us is for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Now we can sit back. Okay, now all right. See, a lot of people don't notice right that. now. All right, what's next? You, you would know? think that, you know. <laughs> I was rooting for the Rams yeah. because I love their approach. I, I mean, this is on record for the last couple yeah. of years. I love their aggressive approach. Um, I'm all about that. Um, but but Steven is Steven. I, I, don't, I don't see it changing. Even though the, the way there's many ways to skin the cat, and they're all in front of his face, and he refuses to even find a damn thing. But appreciate you. Well, we're going to win in spite of We're we going to spin inside of him. I'm gone, man, but we're going to win in spite of Steven and Jerry. I hope so. My man, appreciate the freight right, train. Yep, yep. Always love freight trains, energy and insight, man. Always, always. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Ronnie said, "Let me find the the question, Ronnie. I can't. It's way up in the chat." But you asked if uh, 
Tyler Lindenbaum falls to the second round, is that something that the Cowboys could look at? I have a hard time believing that, but Vach is in the chat, I believe. Vach, Foots, those guys. Jeff, that's what you got to ask if he's going to fall beyond the first round. Centers usually don't get taken early, uh, but, and you said because he's undersized. Jason Kelsey is undersized. Uh, a couple other guys, you know, if they could go back and redraft, he probably goes in round one. But he does. He's good, man. He's really damn good. I can't see it. I can't see him falling to no 56 or even in, in trade up range. But a Vach could tell you, Foots and them could tell you. I, I just my casual draft guy <laughs> can't see it. Vach says no, no. He says not happening. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Professor O says, God love when people tell Scott to go back and watch the film like he did. <laughs> well, listen, I'm not sitting here saying I watch everyone, but pr- appreciate you, Professor O. But, yeah, when it comes to the still stuff and, and, and the Lyell stuff, I promise y'all, at nauseum. Ask Vodge. I mean, I'm literally sending clips him like, because I'm not the O-line guru, right? I'm not, I don't act like I know everything. But I said this before, and I will give my bro his flowers. He's the reason why I actually love watching O-line tape. I did not realize how much fun it is. In fact, it's more fun than watching some of these other skill positions because nothing ever happens on some of these plays, whereas an O-line is something every single time. So I enjoy watching, um, and, and I don't mind sending it to him because I know he'll watch. So, I mean, all year I'm sending stuff like, hey, man, Terrence Dale's getting beat right here. Terrence Dale was holding up. Here go Lyell's stuff, right? I know Lyell didn't have a great game, but Lyell was looking good in these situations. So all year we were doing that. So, yeah, I'm, I've I've exhausted that tape. So when you say it was just highlights with steel, I promise you, yes, those are the, the, the better plays, but I promise you, bro, Terrence still played very well this year. And you should be happy to have him, and, and I would totally extend him for that amount. Uh, Ronnie said, "Player, and that's that's another good one too. Players fall all the time. That is very true. Uh, teams can't draft, as Avach and Jeff like to say. So that's true. He could absolutely fall. There's no doubt about it. I I I don't know, man. I'm listening to a lot of the top draft people, and it just seems like Linderbaum is a guy that teams aren't going to want to pass on. All right? All right. We got DJ on the horn. What's up, DJ?" What's going on, Sky? How you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, you know, keep waking up in the morning. I hadn't talked to you in a minute, so I thought I'd catch up with you this morning because I had some time. Uh, man, I don't mind Terrence Steele at all. I know that's the topic of conversation this morning. Sure. Um, but at the same time, what I'm looking at is, you know, I don't like looking at the the, the players' pockets, and I, I don't like that argument as in general. But when it, when it comes down to is, for instance, are you are you signing uh, Steel to an extension, or are you re-signing Gregory? If you have to use that, you have one pot of money, and you have to pull that you have to give one to the one or the other. See, this is why I do what I I do. This is why I sign him to this extension now and not wait because that this extension I'm gonna show it here on on the, on the screen. You can't see it, but four point five million annual per year. That shouldn't deter you from signing Randy Gregory. Um, especially if you can make the you can make the money jump. If you do a two year nine ten million dollar deal, you can make his first year cap hit very small. It, it's already small, but you can make it smaller. So, I, I don't think an extension like this should deter you from signing a Randy Gregory if you want to. And as we know, DJ, 
They can make this money dance, move, and do all types of crazy things. They can open up upwards of fifty to sixty million dollars on the cap. So, I, I, Stephen may try to say, "Well, you know, we just extended Terrence Steele to four million, so we don't got enough pie." Stephen might try to fool you, but don't buy into that. Fair, fair, fair. Now, for the obvious ones, right? Because you're you're, you're going to keep Randy. Like that's that's one of the main mm-hmm. things they've even said it. Now it was only once, but. Um, I, what I'm looking at is when it comes down to Steele and J. Ron Curse or somebody like that or, or Steele and even like Cedric Wilson, that one's closer, right? I'm, like I, I'll, I'll probably choose Steele in that case, yeah. right? I'm choosing Steele in that case. But um, th- th- those are the conversations that I think about in my mind. And, and my thing, too, is like you were saying earlier, like if we get a Kenyon Green or a Zion Williamson or even – uh, you know, one of, some other uh, offensive lineman that shows out and well, shows that he deserves to be. I'm guessing you mean Zion Johnson, but Zion Williams is big as hell. He can come in and play left guard. Hey, right hey, hey, Zion my bad, my bad. Yeah, Zion Johnson. Hey, listen, Zion Johnson, my, my, they, they, they said Zion Williams to put on a couple pounds, so he can come in here and play left tackle if he needs to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we know his feet are good, man. Just make sure you got the right shoes on that way. You don't blow them out. He might need, but to. Uh, yeah, but Zion. But that's an interesting conversation, right? Because now you have you have uh, Lyle Collins, you have uh, Terrence Steele, and then you have, let's say, just throw Kenyon Green in there. Well, Kenyon Green has shown the ability to play all five yes. spots on the offensive yeah. line. So what, what happens now? What you happens know what I mean? now so, is, DJ, you sit back and you have this beautiful grin on your face. You have quality depth in a league where quality depth does not ring loud. So, you know, if you if you keep Terrence and you keep Lyle and you draft a Zion Green, oh my gosh. You know, you 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 you're good. You're sitting pretty. So I there yeah. should be no one upset for that. Oh, not not upset. Not upset at all. It it's just one of those things where you're like, well, you know, we gotta get rid of somebody. I mean you don't. That that that's that's actually my whole point on all this, is that yeah. you don't have to you just live with the depth, you live with with the stability of having the number one, one of the better drafting organizations in the league, and you have that ability to just look and, you know, pick and choose. Now, once you go with somebody, go with them, right? I, I didn't like the whole back and forth and, and uh, musical chairs that they were playing with the, the offensive line this year. Yeah. Like, just choose a set, choose your best guys and stick with them. But to have those guys just in case somebody goes down, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to – it's not – them, you know, one guy versus the other guy. Both right. guys working as a unit together, and and it, it's really, really, really prominent for Cowboys fans in general to like fit this. Oh, you know, you know, we got to get rid of Amari Cooper and you know, you know, abstract wide receiver Listen, from DJ. you know North Carolina State. <laughs> he just came in and he he had that one big catch in training camp. So let's go with him. No, just sit with you guys. Trust, trust the coaches at this point, the ones that are actually doing stuff, because, you know, we can make an argument on what Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are doing, but trust the coaches that are doing stuff and, and putting the product out on the field and having these guys perform. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to question them, and, I'm, I'm, you know, and that's what we're going to do here. That's what our platform is, is for sometimes, question until we can get some right answers. But one thing for sure, two things for certain, is that you're going to need depth on the offensive line. We, we know that because it is 100%. at this point – Death taxes and Tyron Smith missing three games minimum. That's <laughs> happening. 
right? Like, like that's <laughs> happening. So, and and that kind of plays into this this Lyle Collins to guard thing too, right? And I said this: if that's the move you're going to make, a you got to do it sooner than later, and then b you need to have a plan as swing tackle. They've done it over the years: the Titan Seckies, the Cam Irvings, the Clam Flemings. They've won out and signed uh, swing tackle journeyman swing tackle. So they could they could technically do that, um, but if they don't, then Terrence Stills is a really good quality swing tackle with the potential to be your right tackle replacement um, over the years. And I understand you can say, you know, Terrence Stills is not a quality right tackle or whatever, but I would say if he doesn't have to be your starter this year and he comes in five, six games, that's even more uh, experience. That's another year of getting better. And then by the time, you know, he ends that contract, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a quality starting right tackle. So. I think you got a good one in town, and, and you don't have to rush anything. You don't have to force anything with him. You don't got to force anything with Lyle. You're sitting in a good position right now. Let let the chips fall as they may. Fair, fair. Well, I appreciate you, bro. I'm going to get out your hair. I just wanted to get in because I ain't talked to you in a minute. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, bro. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, DJ. Yeah, I, I, I think while this position needs to be addressed – there's two different conversations, right? There's a conversation of we definitely need to retool the offensive line. Retool it is tough. Revamp it, add to it, whatever. However, it's not like the Cowboys are in this dire situation that we put ourselves in at the end of the season as fans because, like I said before, it's like family, right? I could talk shit about or I can fight my family or I could fight my brother. We could bang, bang, bang. But when somebody else tries to, then, yeah, you know, I'm going to say some things when if another fan base tries to say the offensive line sucks, I tell you, no, it doesn't. The offensive line doesn't suck. guys. We're upset with them because we didn't go anywhere. The, the musical chairs, the injuries, things like that. But the offensive line does not suck. I think you're still in a good position, but you won't be if you stay still. No pun intended. If you sit at where you are now and you do nothing, in free agency, you do nothing in the draft. Yeah, there's some concern. But if you come out of the draft and you get a guy like Green, you get a guy like Zion, whatever, and then you go in free agency, you say, well, I'm going to add more depth. I'm going to grab another Titan Secchi type, or I'm going to grab a, uh, you know, I remember Kyle Kozier? I'm going to grab a Kyle Kozier type. Let's get to camp. Got all these bodies, most of them quality bodies, young guys, veteran guys, and let's sift this thing through. We're going to roll with nine, ten dudes coming into the season. These are our guys. We got depth. We understand how important it is. But if you don't do that, then, yeah, I would go into the season very worried if if, if, you, if you're if you just going into the year with Connor McGovern as your only real depth. So it looks like you guys are – see, I disagree, Glenn. You guys are in here talking about – Tyler Lindenbaugh. I need to get my guy on. Vosh going so we can talk about Tyler Lindenbaugh. He says he likes Kenyon Green more than Lindenbaugh. See, Zion's my favorite, but not by much. Green is right there. He was the first, second guard I looked at. Uh, I would love to have Green. His versatility is great, but Zion has that versatility too. He showed, I think, at Senior Bowl, at the Senior Bowl with the center position. Um, so any of those two guys I'm good on, I told you. I'm not really like the center position for me. I think that Biotis got a little better 
Um, first year starting, right? His first full year really starting. He's going into his third season. So I think he'll see a, another jump. So I'm not really pressed at center as much as I am at left guard right now or at the potential of having a tackle problem um, if Tyron goes down and, and you move my man over to left guard. So if Linderbaum's brought in, cool, right? But if it's Linderbaum and it's green and Zion on the board, I'm taking the other two before him because I literally don't have a left guard, right? Literally, I don't. I can move Lyle there, but as we speak, I don't have a left guard. As we speak, I have a center who is serviceable enough. I understand Cowboys Nation wants five pro bowlers across the board. We got to look around the league, man. We got to look around the league. Your offensive line is not. This is what's sad. Your offensive line was good enough to be playing in February. Yep. Yep. Good enough to be playing in February. You need to help out your unit sometimes. I brought this up. How many times during the year, Cowboys Nation? All right, cool. We're having some trouble, some difficulties at the left guard spot. We're having some difficulties with this in and out, in and out, snip, snap, snip, snap with the left tackle spot with Tyron Smith. How can I help them? Let's move the pocket. Let's add some play action, which we did not do at a high rate. Let's uh, put a little RPO in this thing. There's a little read option going on. Some pre-snap motion things. The Rams' offensive line is not spectacular. They're not the Great Wall. We know what the Bengals' offensive line is. So, if we can remove ourselves from Dallas... And we, we look at the landscape of the league. And I know PFF rated us number one. I'm not saying all that. What I'm saying is that you have a good enough, or you had, I should say, a good enough line. You had good enough depth in 2021 to be playing beyond the first game of the playoffs. You did. You did. Uh, DJ says, Iron fits the need uh, better for sure, but uh, no, he is not. Better. I, guess, I think you guys are talking about Zion and, and, and Linderbaum. Here's a good thing. I think you're going to have a shot at somebody at 24 if you want to go O-line. Is it Pennig if you want to go tackle? Uh, Zion, Green, Linderbaum. I can't see all four of those dudes going before you. But possibly, right? Possibly. But I think at 24, regardless, you're going to have a shot at a quality O-lineman or a quality defense lineman or linebacker. Like, there's not too many drafts. I'm like, damn, we at 24, and, I, and or we at we at 24, and I'm like, man, I feel great. There's not too many drafts like that. But this year, for whatever reason, I'm good. I can sit back. I'm, I'm I'm straight. I think you can get a guy at 24 that everybody will be okay with, unless they go full blown taco goddamn Charlton on us, and then I'll be pissed off because you know what? I felt that way at 27. I ain't gonna lie to you. Damn it. Just reminding myself. I felt that way at 27 in 2017. I said, man, Bowser, Watt, I'm feeling good about one of these guys. And then Watt fell, and that was it for me. I said, never again will I uh, fall in love with none of these players. Got my heart ripped out. Got my boy. What's up, Vach? On the horn, the Vach Lombardi. What's up, brother? 
Man, I just love it when we could just learn together, man. Right. You know what I mean? You just get me to the to the front front of the line. You know what I mean? That's a big improvement from what we used to be, man. So I just want to say, I see your growth, man. You're doing fantastic, man. I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? I feel. Listen, this is my young OG. Y'all don't realize it, but 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 I'm much much older than Vach. But he a OG. He got the southern slang, the southern mentality. So he's still he's still my young OG. If that makes sense. God bless, God bless, man. But uh, listen, man, you know, we were just in the uh, just in the uh, chat box, you know what I'm yeah. saying, talking about offensive line, and I just wanted to call in and just give a couple of cents. I'm not going to give too much away because I assume that you would want to parlay this into a show at some point. Absolutely. So I ain't going to do too, 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 too much. But, you know, I was watching Rashawn Slater last year. And mind you, this show that you're having today would be a whole different conversation if we had Rashawn Slater or whatever. So I was watching Rashawn <laughs> Slater last year, right? By the way, but I'm going to let you go. I, I love Michael, man. But, all right, cool, whatever. But um, I was watching Rashawn Slater last year, watching this college film, and he just made me do Harlem shakes. You know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? You ever just watch a player you like, you just in your chair doing Harlem shakes, like, man, if I can get that dude, you know what I mean? Mm. This, I'm not trying to make it sound a certain way. Like, this like this don't sound how you think it's sounding when I say this, but when I watch Kenyon Green, I get Harlem shakes. Hey. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that Kenyon Green is a Rashawn Slater-type character. Because there, there could be levels of Harlem shakes. You could jump out the damn chair and Harlem shake. You know what I mean? But I foot. do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I do small little Harlem shakes as I'm watching Kenyon Green. I mean, uh, yeah, 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 uh, Green. So some I just don't want Cowboy fans to do, and you just alluded to this 20 seconds ago. I don't want us to get so caught up in the Linderbaum gonna be there. We gotta have him. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want us to get in that whole conversation because players with hype generally get taken earlier. Now centers do get taken later, but if the league talks about a guy enough, you can pretty much get the feel that they gonna be gone. Linderbaum's probably gonna be one of those guys. But I love what you said when you said you don't really feel like we have a super super center problem. We got a super, super left guard problem. Um, what I always ask folks to do, because people often um, talk about Tyler Biotis as if he's some Chaz Green type character, and I think that's a bit, that's a bit, you know. It's a stretch, man. I think that's inappropriate. That's, that's <laughs> fucking inappropriate. Relax. He's, he's not that guy. Um, but what I ask people to do is, like, try to name me the top five centers in the league. And by the time people get to, like, three, like, they run out of centers. Like, center is bad across the league. So, you know, I understand that we coming from Trav or whatever, and we feel like, okay, well, we need a center to be that. But centers ain't even that in the league. So what you get with Tyler is you pretty much got what everybody else got. Am I opposed to improving Tyler? If you get a Linderbaum, will he come in and play over Tyler? Sure, but I think that will be drafting a redundancy. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you can get this Kenyon Green fella, and Kenyon Green, you know, just if you watch film on the Texas A&M film, you know, he's a fantastic help guy. You know what I mean? He's a he's a, he's a boy. help guy. So. So if Tyler Biotis needs some help, Kenyon hey, Green is the dude to move hey, people from point A to point B. Go ahead, You sir. said Kenyon Green help. I, the, 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 there was a, a clip against LSU, and he oh. helped. I think you might know what I'm talking about. He helped somebody. He put that man, planted him in the ground. He didn't hump him like the one dude, but then he fell on top of him like he owned him. Like, like Kenyon Green is nasty, dog. So 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 okay. So watch this. Was it the two thousand? Uh, was it the two thousand twenty one LSU clip, or was it the twenty nineteen? I think it was twenty nineteen or nine, I think it was an earlier one. I don't think it was this one that just came. Okay. So so in his in his 
so in his 2019 clip, uh, he was at right guard, and it was versus like Tyler Shelvin or something. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's a fantastic help dude in that way. Um, and you know, since I just mentioned it or whatever, this is the other little cool thing about Kenyon Green, left guard, play some right guard, play right tackle, and I think his best film was versus Alabama where he played at left tackle. Now I think Zion Johnson is the better sometimes left tackle guy, but I think Kenyon Green is the better overall player. You know what I mean? So since we just talk about O-line real quick, that's just my thoughts. And I do think I do think Kenyon Green is better than Linderbaum, but I think Linderbaum's a little better than Zion. Just my thoughts. No, I respect your thoughts, man. Like I said, uh, we got to get a full-blown uh, show on here so that you can, yep. uh, you know, show everybody about Kenyon Green. I'm trying to bring up this tape right now, Kenyon Green, so just bear with me, brother. Just bear with me. What's your thoughts on uh, Zion? We've been talking a lot of Green and a lot of, of Linderbaum, but but I, I really liked what I saw from Zion too, man. Dude, he reminds me of, of Tyron when it comes to the clamps. I feel like, you know, once he clamp you, it's a wrap. Yeah, man, Zion, Zion, see what he's, he's, he's really good at, at, at like maintaining his feet. You know what I mean? So like, if you, if you grab onto him, I don't think he's the naturally powerful guy that Kenyon Green is. Like when Kenyon Green grabs you, his grip may not be the same, but you still go for a walk because he's strong as hell. I don't think Zion is naturally that strong, but once he grabs you, it's all about keeping his feet moving at that point and his feet don't stop moving. So he's like super technique guy in that way. Um, you know, but if you're a cowboy fan, you you kind of gotta ask yourself because I know a lot of people are gonna be gonna be sick of the guard that ain't super powerful or whatever. You know what I mean? But if yeah. you're running one of them zone schemes, if you need a dude that can play tackle for you in a pinch, I think Zion's that guy. You know what I mean? Zion's definitely the the better athlete of the two. I don't I don't particularly like him at center. Um, they tried it at the Senior Bowl. It shows some versatility. Like it's like you know we ain't talking about a pinch, but if it's like a like a like a like a close fist. Punch, Type situation, maybe you can put him at center. You know what I'm saying? You know, but um, I'm I'm trying to leave him at guard and let him play tackle. Sometimes I just want my centers to be a little more, um, just a little more powerful. You know what I'm saying? Some people like their centers to be, you know, the 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 weakest guy on the line because they're help guy. You know what I mean? I just don't prefer my centers in that way, and I don't think he handles power very well off the snap. But he handles power really well from the guard position. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just right. it's just different mechanics or what. So, I've been I've been following your offensive line uh, evaluations this this off season, and I think the the word of of 2022 for you is explode. And I'm sitting here showing. I don't know if you got it up on your phone. I'm sitting here showing Kenyon Green, and I just keep thinking about explode. I, I feel like he, he one of those exploders. He explodes like when he hits people. They like people's arms. They do cartoonish flails <laughs> as they go backwards. They do cartoon. Like bro, that dude. That dude makes me so excited, bro. And I know analytic people are are just gonna overthink guard and they're gonna overthink position value and shit. And Man, a lot of, of these guys are gonna be. Totally agree. Totally agree. But that's the good thing about drafting that 24. When you're at 24, you can draft whoever you want. You know what I mean? If we stuck at five and, like, a Kayvon Thibodeau's on the board or something, you just got to draft Kayvon Thibodeau because that's how life works. You know what I mean? Right. If you're at 24, you can you can take whoever the hell you want. You know what I'm saying? The board kind of opens up a little bit. So I think that, you know, we have an opportunity to take a guard if he's there, a center, a linebacker, maybe a defensive tackle, position that that you wouldn't take top five, top ten, but we sitting at twenty four, we can take who the hell we want. Yeah, you know? throw that position value crap out. The, in my opinion, out the window at twenty four. 
because uh, you're likely getting what draft pundits say are second round graded players any damn way. Yeah, and, you know, and it just sucks that you know people look at guard and D tackle in that way. But you know, so so like Jordan Davis or whatever, right? Jordan Davis is a is a is a one tech nose guy, defensive tackle, not gonna do very much for you in the pass rush game, so he might fall. But if that son of a bitch is your one tech in the run game, like Michael Parsons really? becomes the best linebacker of all time. You see what I'm saying? So so sometimes. So sometimes you got to draft for what's best for your team opposed to what's oh. making sense on the board sometimes. Because that motherfucker not going to make it to 60 or, or 54 or wherever the hell we are drafting or whatever. So if you see a motherfucker like Jordan Davis and the rest of your board, like if he's the best guy on your board, you got to throw out that run game, D-tackle, can't pass rush stuff. Just do what's best for your team, you know? Man, absolutely. I'm about to bring up Jordan Davis now. He, you did a breakdown on Jordan Davis too. Make sure I go check out Vaches. His is, is very detailed, so – uh, check his. As a matter of fact, you know, tell them where they can plug. You know, plug in your Patreon too, so they know where to go if they don't. Hey man, patreon.com slash Vach Lombardi. I know some of you are cool with the highlights. We do that on the YouTube, five or so plays. But, you know, for those super draft fans that want the nuance, like I said, Kenyon Green. We watched five games on Kenyon Green, the whole damn thing, all 22, rooted to the tutor. Patreon.com slash Vach Lombardi. Go over there, give whatever you want to give. You got access to all the goodness, you did. Boy, listen, boy, I don't give a damn about no position value. I'm watching Jordan Davis. Give me that man. You put that man Smoking in, the shit out of everybody, ain't it? <laughs> you put that man in front of us. Come on, dog. Stop playing Just with me. Smoking the shit out of everybody. Yo, listen, man, I'm not going to hold your uh, phone lines up, man. I appreciate you for letting me call in and just ramble a little bit. Roundtable Wednesday. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. And uh, since me and you friends, I just got to, like, call you, like, after this because I got to talk to you about something since we friends in real life. All right, bro. Peace, man. Get with me, man. Appreciate you, Vach. That is one Vach Lombardi. Y'all know who he is. Find him at Vach Lombardi on the YouTube, on Twitter, on all those good things. And like he said, uh, Patreon. But yeah, Wednesday, tomorrow, we got the round table. Vach, myself, Law, Foots, and Okoye, we're getting together. Talking about everything. It's not going to just be Dallas Cowboys. It will most likely be uh, draft talk. As well, maybe some NFL stuff, but y'all know how we do. We get together and we just go, and it's always fire when I get together with those guys. So I'm pretty excited because it's been a while. I ain't gonna hold you. I kind of nixed the, uh, and he'll probably he probably gonna laugh about this. I kind of nixed the previous roundtable before the Niners game because I'm superstitious. I'm a little stitious. I ain't gonna lie to you. We were zero two, man. Zero two. Doing a roundtable before the big games. We did it before I think the Cardinals. Did it before the who else? Oh, Chiefs. And I was like, man, listen, dog. We get on here, we, we do it before the big games and say all this stuff, and then they go out there. So I said, let's just do it after. Well, it never wasn't after. Didn't matter. Cowboys came out look like trash anyway. So there is a lot to talk about. We have not all gotten together individually. We've gotten together, but not not all together on the screen in front of y'all to kind of talk about the end of the season, uh, off season, and then the draft. So we'll do that tomorrow, like nine Central, ten Eastern. So make sure y'all check that out on all those all those guys' channels. Um, Cowboy D says, "What's good? What's good, Skywalker? What's up, Cowboy D?" Bailey says, "Foots is for real." Yes, he is, man. Foots, watch. They go in on this draft stuff. Law too. Uh, JC, Jeff Cavanaugh, who will be doing more stuff, and also keep. Just say this about JC. 
keep your ears and eyes open. You may see more of him as well uh, with Skywalker. So make sure y'all y'all tune in to that. Keep your ears and eyes. Uh, LaShawn McCall says Jordan ain't making it to 24. Now that, honestly, I could see him making it to 24 if teams go into this thing with the whole draft value, positional value, things like that. I said throw that crap out with Micah last year. I get it with Jordan because Jordan is technically a two-down dude. He's not going to play 70% of the snaps. But um, you have Osa, you've got Neville in the tuck, and you've got Tristan for an, at least another year, but you got Osa and Neville for a couple years. So I think you're you're good at three-tech, and especially with Osa. You pair him with a guy like that dude, At that, I'm with you, uh, whoever it was, LaShawn. I'm with you, uh, you know. I would take him if I'm the Cowboys. I would take him wherever the hell I need to take him because I think he fits um, where we need where we need him to. Some other teams may look at it that way. And if you're not a Jordan Davis fan in round one, there's also was it Travis Jones from UConn, who I'm also a fan of in round two. Um, outside of that, you can you can go the Bohanna ro- uh, route again, get you another big dude later in the rounds. But I feel like Davis as a one tech as a mountain six six three four. I mean, goodness gracious. You don't find that. That doesn't roll out of bed and do what he does. Travis Jones is another strong dude. I think Jordan's better, but but he's another. He's a consolation prize I would love. But there aren't too many, I think. And um, if I don't get it round one or round two, I probably don't prioritize it till day three. Unfortunately. All right, man. This has been a, a an awesome show. We got a. Surprise calling from our guy Vice Lombardi. Call's been great. Chat's been lit. You guys are always on fire. I appreciate y'all for coming through. Again, tomorrow, uh, we'll be back here about 8.15-ish, finishing off the week, well, midweek, I should say, of the show. Uh, maybe we'll revisit some of these things. Maybe not, but I-, I thought this was a good conversation to have because it's only February. They don't normally do these extensions this early, but I wanted to get out in front of this thing just in case be- because I do think there's a couple candidates, Dono and still being the top two. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but if it does happen, it shouldn't be a surprise. Because if we go look at the list over the last number of years, uh, they've done this. They've done this. This isn't this isn't something that they, they have not done. And especially when it comes to undrafted guys. Lyell, Barry, and Cole Beasley were all undrafted. Orlando was a fifth-round guy. Dono's a sixth-round guy. Both had starting experience, so... I could see it happening. And and neither of those contracts that we showed should affect bringing back Curse, should affect bringing back Randy Gregory, Schultz, if you want to bring back Schultz, uh, Gallup, any of those dudes. So just keep that in the back of your minds as we move forward here. As the window for franchise tag opens up, teams' monies will start to, uh, I don't want to say work yourself out because you have all the way to July. But um, we'll know who's available, who's not. Let me be real with you. If you fail to bring back J-Ron, and I know, I I know, if you don't do this safety thing, but there is a a lot of safeties in this draft, not this draft class, in this free agent class. If they don't get franchised, I'm coming after them. You know, that could be my fandom talking because Dallas doesn't spend money at the free agency position or safety position in free agency, but damn it, I'm not going into this year with just Donovan Wilson and Israel McQuamu in a draft pick in the fifth, sixth round. So they're going to have to do something in free agency, whether it's bring back J-Ron or bring in another guy who is just as good. 
So we'll get into all that. But all right, Cowboys Nation, y'all have been phenomenal. Make sure y'all check out AtoZSportsDallas.com for all the articles, latest articles. Evan, my guy Matt, shout out to Matt Lennox. If you guys don't know who Matt is on uh, Twitter, I believe it's Star Conscience. He is working his ass off. We, we He just started with A to Z last week, and he's putting out phenomenal content. We're going to have him on the show uh, periodically, too. I'm a, I got to talk to him. We're going to incorporate something, I think, during this season. Maybe we'll do it in the offseason. Uh, we're going to try to have those who can uh, under A to Z on the show more often as kind of correspondents, per se, so they can give the breaking news or, or, or draft analysts, things like that. So stay tuned, man. Uh, we got some big things brewing uh, for the channel, man. Big things. Appreciate you guys, man. Run it back if you haven't. Uh, if you missed the show, we'll drop the audio on Spotify, Google, Apple, all that good stuff. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't hit that subscribe button. Like this thing, share it, all that good stuff, all that good stuff. And then check out my guy Mauricio Rodriguez later tonight. A to Z Sports Prime time. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all Tuesday. Be out of here. Peace. Shout out to the My Gods, Stevie Mac, Professor O. I want me some glory hope.